0: folks, welcome to episode 94 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week we're going to do our usual roundup of security updates for the week and we've got a fair bit there so I'm only going to cover them at a bit of a high level Um, but yeah there's actually 117 CVEs that were addressed by the team this week so yeah a huge number. So we will get into some of that, but we're also going to have a talk about uh, the recently announced uh, security vulnerability disclosure policy that we've put out, the Ubuntu security team, Uh, some of the details of that, plus we're also going to talk about this um, 7,000 apparent vulnerabilities that were announced by uh, the CITL lab, and how that applies to Ubuntu as well. Um, But yeah, so let's just get into it. So as I said, we had 117 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team this week. So we started off with an update for Tomcat, there were four CVEs were addressed here for Tomcat in uh, Focal. Uh, we then had updates for ITALC, uh, ITALC in Xenial, um, 19 were addressed in that. Uh, there were updates as well for Flightgear, um, PanPython, ModOrthMellon, LibETPan as well for Xenial. So if you're running Ubuntu 6.04 long term support, uh, you've got some more updates there. We then had an update for Netty. This covered both Ubuntu releases 18.04 and 16.04 uh, long-term support then was an update for pip so i thought i'd go into a little bit detail of this one uh, obviously lots of people use pip uh, in general you know you may install your python uh, modules as you know, apt you know packages and that's great they're supported by us but perhaps there are certain things that aren't packaged or you need a certain version or whatever a newer version so you use pip to do that uh, but often you will um, use the distro packaged version of pip to be able to actually get pip in the first place and then you'll go and install your python modules you know separately using pip And so this vulnerability affected PIP for Ubuntu uh, 18.04, that's Uh, the bionic beaver and it could allow a remote attacker to possibly get root code execution because essentially you know when you install um, pip modules to root pip is running as root and in this case uh, you would uh, if you provided pip with a url uh, to install you know the package from uh, and the remote attacker could then inject a content disposition header with a dot dot slash in it essentially to then uh, you know redirect where pip would write those files out to uh, at runtime when it was extracting the package and you could get it to over write arbitrary files so that was fixed for pip in bionic Uh, we then had an update for firefox this was updating firefox to the latest upstream version and that applied to all of our um, supported releases which is uh, 604 1804 and 204 long-term support and now uh, groovy gorilla the standard support release that has just come out Uh, so yeah you've now got the latest firefox there as well uh, the LivePatch team released a LivePatch for the kernels in Ubuntu 18.04 and 20.04 long term support, and this was to fix the Bleeding Tooth Bluetooth vulnerabilities that I talked about back in last week's episode. So, if you are uh, running uh, LivePatch on your, your more recent supported Ubuntu releases, you are now fixed for uh, Bleeding Tooth as well. For our ESM customers, uh, we had an update for uh, free type for Ubuntu 14.04 ESM. So, I talked about that again back in last week's episode. And that was apparently being exploded in the wild as documented by Google. So, one to definitely update for there as well. Uh, we had an update as well for Perl that goes all the way back to uh, Ubuntu uh, 12.04 Extended Security Maintenance as well as 14.04 Extended Security Maintenance. And then our more recent releases, so 16.04, 18.04, and 20.04 long term support. Uh, Three different vulnerabilities were fixed in that for Perl. There was an update for uh, a couple packages in Groovy. So basically, you know, we've released updates for these uh, previously for other releases. And so we've now dumped those into Groovy as well. So that's uh, Kramdown was there, uh, PHP as well. And then we had an update for Blue Man. So I wanted to talk about this uh, because it was reported directly to us uh, via Launchpad. And so this was by uh, Vaisha Bernard, and this was fixed in, uh, sorry, Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04, 20.04 long-term support, and uh, the Groovy Gorilla 20.10. So this was one CVE, as I said, that was reported by a user directly to us via Launchpad. They filed a Launchpad bug against BlueMan and worked with us and the upstream Blue Man developers and the Debian maintainers to get it resolved. So I just wanted to you know, call out to Vaisha saying, thanks very much for that. Oh, this was a great process. So in this case uh, some more details on the vulnerability was that blue man is you know an alternative bluetooth manager uh, we generally use uh, blue z uh, on ubuntu but you can install blue man and uh, so it can then you know do things like configure you know networking over bluetooth and to do that then it spawns a dhcp client and so it has a dbus method to control all the various things it does and you know as i spawning dhcp client is one of the things that it can do uh, Unfortunately, it would fail to sanitize the arguments that were passed over DHCP. Sorry, over over Dbus and it would then pass that directly to uh, the DHCP daemon. And if you happen to be running the DHCP CD daemon, uh, which isn't the default in Ubuntu, we use the ISC DHCP client, but if you had installed that instead, along with blue man, uh, you were then uh, liable to a local user root privilege escalation because they could supply arbitrary arguments to uh, DHCP CD. And it supports an argument that says, run this script file here. And because we are running it as root, uh, off you go, There is simple simple Root uh, local user root privilege escalation there. And so this was fixed uh, by upstream and then incorporated by us to change the way that the arguments are passed to uh, the DHCP uh, client, whichever it is, so that you can't pass arbitrary flags uh there's also probably going to be a further update to that because uh it is possible to also protect some of this via um policy kit uh so that you know you can make sure that only root should be able to or you know only an administrator on the machine should be able to do these certain things and so that will be incorporated in a coming update i suspect as well so yeah that was it for blue man uh we also had updates and well for various um oracle maintained components so uh in in my SQL there's 49 different CVEs that were covered by that and uh, OpenJDK as well for another Oracle component there and finally we updated the CA certificates package so this was all the way back to Ubuntu 16.04 long-term support 18.04 uh, long-term support 24 long-term support and the Groovy Gorilla. So uh, this updates CA certificates to the latest release from Mozilla Basically, this is just the certificate store that is all the trusted root certificates. And so this removed some uh, root CAs that are either expired or been removed by Mozilla. Plus, it adds a bunch of new ones as well. So uh, your system trust store is hopefully a little more up to date now on uh, the supported Ubuntu releases. And that's it for this week in security updates. Uh, so next I wanted to have a chat about this uh, recently released uh, disclosure and embargo policy that we've published. Uh, this is on uh, the Ubuntu.com website, so Ubuntu.com security disclosure policy. I've got a link to that in the show notes. And this basically uh, sort of covers a bunch of details that had been previously in the wiki and other things that were you know, um, a bit scattered around the place, but sort of wraps it all up into one easy to see, uh, to see spot. And so it covers things like how you can report an issue to us and sort of high level that's either you know filing bugs through launchpad and tagging the appropriate you know, Ubuntu package or you can email security to Ubuntu.com as well and we have uh, details there on the uh, GBG key that you can use if you want to do um, you know encryption of your emails to us so that you know no one can potentially snoop on it or whatever. Um, it also then covers the scope as well so things like you know you can report security issues about packages in the archive or maybe about canonical maintained software or canonical infrastructure that kind of thing uh, plus coordination and whatnot. Uh, It also goes into what you can expect from us, uh, how we will handle that, Uh, things like disclosure timelines, which is generally, you know, we say that once software updates are out, we aim to publish details of the vulnerabilities within a week. And actually, it's usually a lot faster than that uh, if they're not already public. Also, that if you do have exploits available for these vulnerabilities, we prefer that you keep them private for at least a week until after fixes are available. That gives everyone time to update and make sure they're secure. And finally, it covers uh, sort of safe harbor. So saying, we obviously welcome research into uh, the security of software in Ubuntu and you're happy to obviously go looking for vulnerabilities, but uh, you shouldn't be actively trying to probe canonical infrastructure or services or that kind of thing. So yeah, uh, if you are interested in a bit more detail on, I guess, security disclosure embargo with Ubuntu, uh, check that out. The other thing I wanted to talk about this week was the announcement from the Cyber ITL Lab, uh, actually headed up by Mudge. Uh, peter zatek from the original loft crew but um yeah now is uh, running that and i guess their mission is about you know trying to find uh, software defects at scale and improve the overall security of uh, the cyber ecosystem so they do things like you know rate web browsers and things as to how potentially uh, secure they are as to you know how complex the code is or whether they incorporate sandboxing and things like that And so something they've done is go looking for a heap of possible vulnerabilities that may exist in a huge corpus of software. And they chose uh, the Ubuntu 18.04 archive. So they took the whole archive by the looks of things. They haven't released a huge amount of details on exactly how this was done. But they took the whole archive and it looks like they've gone and tried to fuzz all the various binaries that are there. Uh, But again, they haven't actually released details on exactly how that was done. And so they've come up with uh, what looks to be about seven thousand different uh, defects, or what they call vulnerabilities. But uh, we'll go into that in a minute. Across uh, three thousand two hundred forty-three packages from, as I say, the Ubuntu eighteen oh four long-term support, the Bionic Beaver archive. And so what they've done then is they've provided a list of binaries uh, and the packages that obviously they correspond to, and you know what kind of um, thing you know happened when they ran it. You know whether it's crashed or it uh, you know exited with an abort or whatever it might be. And the idea then is that you know, they've released this big list, uh, but without too many details. So really it's just this high level detail of this binary can, basically can crash. They do have details of then what actually caused it, you know, reproducers for this sort of thing, the execution environment, all of that, that they then can go and provide. And they've said that they're expecting package maintainers to contact them and request details. So I guess the idea is if you are uh, an upstream or if you're a, maybe a Debian developer or an Ubuntu developer, and you wanna go and look at this, you would contact them. Uh, This isn't normally the way that these sort of things get done, though. Normally, as I just spoke about previously with our uh, disclosure policy, is that you would report vulnerabilities directly either to the upstreams or maybe to downstreams like us, and we can then help you coordinate with uh, with the upstream developers. In this case, this idea of kind of putting these all out there and then saying, hey, come and ask us for more details, I wonder how effective that will be. Uh, I guess I worry that there will be lots that just get missed, uh, and that you know it's such a huge um, haystack of uh, potential needles, but it's hard to short uh, to know which ones are probably likely actual vulnerabilities or not. There's a lot of things there that are going to be uh, utilities that aren't expected to operate on untrusted inputs, and so you're know, not really vulnerabilities then, or you're not really crossing a trust boundary when you execute these things on you know whatever you might be providing it. Um, And I guess the other thing is, though, if they had come to someone like us and said, hey, here's this giant list of 7,000 vulnerabilities, there you go. Now that's next to impossible for a small team like the one to security team to be able to triage all of those and handle them. Uh, so I do expect there'll probably be a bit of a collective effort between distros and upstreams and all kinds to try and analyze all of these because there likely are some real vulnerabilities here but there's also probably likely a lot of um, other things that aren't, aren't technically vulnerabilities. Yes you might be able to crash a piece of software but you know if you're um, operating only like if it's a compiler let's say you're generally compiling trusted code or something like that so yeah, I'm not so certain uh, all of these will turn out to be you know, 7,000 CDEs that get assigned from this. Uh, but yeah, I guess it s- still leaves a lot more questions than answers, and so we'll have to see how that one plays out, I guess, over the uh, coming weeks. All right, uh, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening again for another week. Uh, I'll be back with you next week, but in the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. As always, we hang out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on irc.freenode.net. Uh, there is discourse.ubuntu.com that has a section there for security topics. So if you want to create a topic there and have a discussion there, we would be more than happy to uh, interact with you there as well. And finally, if you want to reach us on Twitter, we are at sec there as well. Okay, so, yeah, so thanks again for listening again for this week. Uh, I'll be back again next week. And remember, until then, keep calm because we've got you back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.